Are you a busy woman who at times struggles with reducing your daily stress? Do you know that you need to slow down but do not know how? If you're looking at reducing your daily stress, you're in the right place. My name is Denise Eckert and I welcome you to the Calm Your Daily Stress podcast. I just love interviewing guests so they can share their stress-reducing tips and techniques with you. Now, if you find this podcast helpful, please share it with someone who struggles with stress because lowering our stress will make us a better person, a happier partner, mom, friend, neighbor, etc. And the best part is happiness is contagious. Enjoy this episode. Hi there, my name is Denise Eckert and I'm the host of the Relaxation Lounge. I love coming on here and sharing different techniques and ideas to lower the stress in your life because you know what? Stress is not good for you. So today I've got Kelly Hopkins, who's a facilitator with decades of experience working with groups large and small. So after working for 26 years in social services, Kelly quit her high-pressure job running a very large program in LA County. She moved with her very young children to the jungles of Costa Rica. Burned out and realizing she had been using work to avoid long-standing issues, she began to heal. So Kelly started an art connection group with her neighbors that eventually became her coaching business, Soul Exploration Through Art. Now Kelly works with women all over the world to help them get unstuck. Now Kelly works with women all over the world to help them get unstuck, clarify their purpose, and unleash their passion. Welcome, Kelly. So nice to have you on here. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I'd love to hear your story of what inspired you to do what you're doing now. Sure, absolutely. Well, you you read a little bit of it. I had basically a life that I think from the outside, uh, people would have thought that everything was great. You know, like I had a great job, great family, good friends. Um, I had all of the things that should have made me feel happy, and they didn't. And so I was got to a point, especially after I adopted, I adopted two children on my own in my mid forties. And after I adopted my kids, I was like, you know what? I don't want to be a role model for a mediocre life. You know, I don't want to be a role model for a life that is like a half life, which is what I felt like I was living. Like I felt like half of me was missing and half of my potential was unrealized. And so I had expected to, you know, get married and have kids much younger. And so I'd been saving money as I was working um, all my life. And so I decided after adopting my daughter, my kids are about 23 months apart, that I would take a work break. And I would be with them full time because I knew from my work that that was ideal, you know, to be a full time parent, especially as the only parent. And I also felt strongly that I wanted to figure out why with what appeared to be everything, I was still not happy. So uh, I I felt like this grand gesture of quitting my job and moving to Costa Rica and, you know, where life is so much more simple and slow paced that that would fix things. And of course it didn't. <laughs> In many ways, it was it brought things into a harsher reality for me because I was alone. And the development that we first came to in the south of Costa Rica in the mountains um, was sparse. There weren't very many people there. They had had some troubles with getting the development off the ground. And so during the day, it was really great. I was full-time hanging out with my kids. We were doing all kinds of activities. I really enjoyed that. And then at night, 
I was alone with myself and all of the things that were not working for me. And it was so dark there. You know, it was up in the mountains in the south of Costa Rica with very little around. And so the darkness and the jungle just kind of closed in on me at night. And I was like, oh, I don't know if this was a good idea. Uh, and so I ended up moving to another development that had families, had a school, had people who were really interested in personal development and growth. And that's where things started to change. And I was like, well, what can I do? I have all these skills from my years into social services and I love creativity. So how can I bring them together? And I had, I'm a terrible artist, by the way, just for anybody out there who says, you know, if you hear my story and you hear that I use drawing and painting in my work, I'm a terrible, terrible artist. Uh, but I love art. I love the expression of it. So I decided to bring those two things together and figure out what was going on with me and why I didn't feel good. And that's when I started that art group in my yard uh, with my neighbors every Tuesday at 830 morning, 830 in the morning. Wow. So now, how old were your kids at this time? I, when I moved here, my kids were one and three. And when, when we moved to this development, uh, my daughter was two and my son was four. Okay. So yeah. yeah, yeah very yeah. little. <laughs> well, quite the journey. So now, I mean, how do you use that creativity to reduce stress? So what I what I started to do was uh, I when I was younger, a little bit younger, I in my 30s, I had a boyfriend who said, you know, you should do art. And I said, I can't. I suck at it. When I was in middle school, I was in the artistic track the first year for electives. I was in, you know, like singing and and um, uh I think they had dance. Anyway, they had four like creative arts. And then at the end of the year, they said, you know, well, you can't sing and you can't draw. So, you know, we're going to put you back in like the gen pop. We're going to put you in the home ec, the wood shop, that, that track. And I was completely crushed. And I was like, oh, when I was in my thirties, my boyfriend was like, you should draw. And I said, I can't, I'm really bad at that. They told me I was bad at that. You know, like it's stuck in my subconscious. And uh, he's like, well, listen, I'm going to, commission two pieces from you because I know you can do this and I'm going to pay you and then you'll have to do them. And I was like, okay, well, what can I draw? I'm terrible. And he said, draw your feelings. And I said, okay, I, I could do that. I could draw my feelings. And I got big fat markers and I drew my feelings and it was really, really helpful. And so from that point on, I had been using drawing just personally as an outlet. And then when I started this group, I took all the things I knew from social services and I took drawing and I put them together. And just every week I would make up different exercises to try to help us uncover what was bothering us, what was keeping us uh, stressed out in our lives. And it started to work. And that's when I did research. And there's a lot of research on this, like the National Institutes of Health did a 10 year study on the impact of creativity on mental health and the army is using it now with PTSD and soldiers. And so there, what happens is that when you are using your mind and when you are using your body, different areas of your brain are activated. But when you do creativity, generally speaking, you're doing both. You're using your body and your mind simultaneously. So it accesses different parts of your brain than either one alone. So like if you meditate, you're primarily using your brain 
if you run, you're primarily using your body. So those are both great stress relievers. But when you bring them together, drawing, dancing, singing, journaling, whenever they're simultaneous, you're accessing different parts of your mind. And so that's where things started to unlock for me and for my neighbors. And one of the things that I like to do, a really simple exercise that I like to show people this with is called releasing negative feelings. And the way that this exercise works is that you just simply on one side of a blank piece of paper, you just write whatever you're feeling. And it tends to work best when you are having an upset feeling. So you've had an upset feeling and you don't want to deny yourself your feelings. So the point is not to not have the feeling, but feelings are not supposed to last that long. They're supposed to last like 90 seconds. And so I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever had a a feeling that lasted 90 seconds, especially the upset ones. But after you've allowed yourself to feel your feeling, but it's hanging on to you, it's sticking with you, or something that's causing you stress, something you're worrying about that you can't do anything about in this moment, but it's keeping you uh, in a state of stress, If you just write your feelings on one side of a blank piece of paper, just write out your feelings um, with no thought about right and wrong, like with all of this, don't judge yourself, just just do it. Sometimes I'll just write like a single curse word all the way down the paper. There's no wrong way to do it. You can do phrases, you can do fragments. And then once you feel like you've fully expressed your, your feeling in writing, then you flip the paper over and you just close your eyes and breathe. And instead of trying to make the feeling go away, you actually want to kind of breathe into that feeling. You want to kind of expand that feeling inside of yourself. And then, and it might be feelings. And then what you want to do is you want to try to see that feeling as a color or colors. And then you want to see if you can see that feeling as shapes. And then Breathe in and try to blow the shapes and colors out in front of you as if it were a picture and just see it all go out in front of you. It can be realistic or it can be completely just blobs. And then when you really feel like you can you can see it and you can feel it and it's outside of you, then you open your eyes and you draw that on the back side of the words. And when you draw it, you want to imagine the feelings actually coming down your arm and into the markers or crayons or colored pencils or whatever you're using. And, and you're releasing them onto that paper. And then when you finish that, you're going to take the paper and you're going to tear it up and you just keep ripping it until you've completely released that feeling. And I like to throw it up in the air as like a final release, but a lot of people, a mess on the floor would make them feel stressed. So if it would make you feel stressed, just like crumple it up and throw it in the trash can. Um, But that exercise, and I can send you a a video version of that exercise if if your listeners want to do it. But that exercise is, I use it all the time. I do it two or three times a week. Whenever I have something that just is sticking on me that I don't want anymore, I just do that really quickly. Um, and it releases that stress. It releases those emotions that I don't need because I already felt them and I already had whatever that experience was meant for me and I don't need them to hang on to me. Wow, that's really powerful because you are, you know, you're acknowledging your feelings. You're 
dumping out your feelings and then you're releasing your feelings. That's really, really, really powerful. And that would work great with kids too. I do it with my kids all the time and they've been doing it since they were young. And so now when they get upset, they go and get the markers and the paper. And I used to have to write down their feelings. You know, they would tell me what they were feeling and I would write it down, but now they know how to write. So now they write their own feelings for themselves. But even if your kids don't know how to write yet, and and even if they make sounds, you know, you can write their sounds down for them. But that idea of acknowledging and expressing and then releasing your feelings is really powerful. Powerful. Now, how do our habits affect our stress as well? Well, it's really interesting because that's something for me, I was noticing with my clients that they would make internal shifts because we would do these exercises where primarily I do meditation, visualization and drawing. And it's personal in an individual session. It would be very, very personal to something that you're working on as an individual. And so it gets very, you know, to, to really specific things for people and they're able to release them through drawing, or they're also able to identify what it is they want in their life that isn't currently there and then move toward that. Um, but what was happening was I would see people make breakthroughs and then slide, start sliding back toward their previous way of being. And what I noticed was it was their habits because so much of what we do is habitual that if you don't change your thinking habits and your behavior habits, even if you make an internal shift, you may see yourself reverting back to uh, behaviors that don't support you and thoughts that don't support you because it's so ingrained that you actually have to work on the habits simultaneously with working on in shifting your internal relationship with yourself. And so the idea of um, there's a great book, uh, I don't know if you know it called um, Atomic Habits. Do you know Atomic Habits by James Clear? This is this is a great book because what it helped me to understand is that when you try to force yourself to change your behavior, it doesn't work. And I've seen that a million times in my own life. But, but the way that he talks about it is you need to shift your identity. So you're moving from the identity of like a person that doesn't work out to the identity of a person that does work out, a person that works out three times a week, five times a week, seven times a week. And you can up-level your identity every time you get to a new place and that and that there's a roadmap that success leaves clues. And so if you know somebody who works out, the thing to identify is what do they think and believe that I don't think and believe about the world, about themselves? What do they do that I don't do? And then you start to make those shifts. So the thinking habits and actually write out, what do they think that I don't think, you know? And um, and then you put, you can post those like I like to post things near my mirror in the morning when I'm brushing my teeth, I can see it. And then to start really slow that all the research on habits shows I'm going to work out seven times a week is a recipe for disaster. I'm going to do 10 minutes once a day. I mean, once a week uh, is a recipe for success. And then once you are doing that for several weeks and people think, oh, that's going to take forever. But if you try to do seven times a week, you're just going to fail, which is worse. So do slow, steady, simple steps and build on those. And that's how you create success in changing your habits with your thinking. Every time you catch yourself thinking, oh, 
I'm, I, I'm lazy, I'm fat, I'm whatever it is that's preventing you from working out as an example, then you have those affirmations based on what you know the person is thinking who values their health in that way and you replace, you say, oh, okay, so that's the way that I was thinking about it. This is how I want to think about it. Not I'm wrong, not I'm bad. Anytime you you attack yourself or you or you criticize yourself, you move backward. Anytime you acknowledge where you are, praise yourself for anything you can do, then you move forward. And so that I try to work simultaneously both on thinking habits, behavior habits, and internal relationship uh, changes all at the same time. Wow. Someone was interested in working with you. What do you have to offer? Well, I really like for people to have an opportunity to get to know my work personally before they jump into anything. And so I offer every week, I offer a workshop that's about an hour, an hour and a half. um, And it's available uh, through my Facebook page, uh, which is Kelly Hopkins. And I can give you the link for that. And also I have a Facebook group. And so I post the workshop in there. Joining my Facebook group is a good way too, because I'll, I'll post just, you know, my thoughts in there and different things. Um, but the workshop's a great way to just try it out and see, does it resonate with you? Does it feel like a good match for you? I'm almost thinking like, I like doing morning routine and I, you know, just gets getting some markers and some cool stuff and just doing a little bit of art and creativity in the morning. Cause I'm not a, I'm not a journaler. I don't like writing. I don't know. I don't know if it's my hands, but I just don't enjoy the actual writing. And uh, I think just being able to flow something down is very, very powerful. Yeah. I have a, an online course. It's called self-care through art. And the second module of that is doing a, a, an art, a representation of an art journal. So you're basically journaling with drawing instead of with words. And I think for a lot of people, it doesn't come in words. It comes in pictures. Nice. Now we're going to wrap this up. What are your words of wisdom that you'd like to leave with the audience today? I would say just never, ever give up. You know, I was in my late forties, well, mid, mid to late forties and I didn't feel good. And I felt like, well, you know, I, I haven't felt great ever. So that's really probably not going to happen for me. And now I, I can't even, I look back now, 10 years later, and I don't recognize the life that I had then. And so you know, don't give up. And when you see something that you connect with, move toward it and support yourself and don't criticize yourself. Just say, I'm doing the best I can and I'm looking for more and it will come to you. And if you believe that things can change, then, then they can, you know, if you, if you don't, then they won't. So don't give up. Wonderful. If you're listening to this or watching this, I will be putting Kelly's links everywhere. If you have any questions or you want to check out her Facebook group, feel free to reach out to her. Thank you, Kelly, so much for being on here. Amazing information. I love it. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for listening to this episode and I'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to the Calm Your Daily Stress podcast. Have you ever wondered what your stress personality is? Are you a self-care goddess or a burnout queen? Well, you can find out by taking my free quiz You just need to go to www.stressquiz.info to find out where you rank. Sending you love and peace and I'll see you in the next episode.